Hi, this is Tracy Ashley, and you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Dave Waite isn't sure he's a good interview. I always feel like I'm too serious in these things. We hear more from Dave in just a few moments. There's controversy at the White House tree lighting ceremony. We've got it covered. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. With their nation's future at stake, Egyptians lined up Saturday to vote on a draft constitution after weeks of turmoil that have left them deeply divided between Islam supporters of the charter and those who fear it will usher in religious rule. Pat Robertson suggested that Egypt follow America's example and have Jesus write their constitution. Problem solved. Hugo Chavez's cancer has upended politics in Venezuela, transforming Sunday's nationwide elections for governors and mayors into a test of his legacy that could chart the country's future in the uncertain months ahead. Chavez's cancer is so bad that Newt Gingrich sent him divorce papers, and John Edwards slept with Chavez's biographer. Something for everyone in that punchline. President Obama has decided to nominate Senator John Kerry to be the next Secretary of State and could make a formal announcement as soon as next week, a Democrat who spoke to Kerry told CNN on Saturday. Republicans are excited at the proposal for many reasons. They view Kerry as an experienced moderate, his new assignment will open up a Senate seat in Massachusetts, and it will offer them a chance to reconnect with all those old Swift Boat guys. Psst, ixnay on the Swift Boat stuff. We can get the Senate seat. Shh. President Barack Obama says he won't go after pot users in Colorado and Washington State, two states that just legalized the drug for recreational use. The president said the Justice Department has bigger fish to fry. Advocates applauded the move, saying, Where's this fish fry, man? That sounds so good. Nice little Cheech and Chong sounding pot joke there for you. Uh, an 11-year-old from Michigan said he is going to really wow his classmates Friday with the coolest show-and-tell item anyone's ever brought to the 6th grade. After all, it's not every day you get to show off a 13,000-year-old mastodon bone you and your cousin found on a stream behind your backyard, said one of the boy's classmates. 13,000-year-old bone? Who gives a crap? I just got a new Xbox with Connect. Well, it happened again. Another actress apparently forgot she was wearing underwear when exiting her limo in front of a throng of paparazzi. <laughs> the result, wardrobe malfunction. Of course, we're talking about Anne Hathaway uh, this past week. It was all followed, of course, by a ton of free publicity for the actress and her new film. Anne Hathaway at Monday night's New York premiere of Les Mis got out of her limo in a way that flashed the paparazzi, yes. Now, should the film not do well at the box office in its opening weekend, stars Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe will flip a coin as he has to whip out his Johnson. And that's been Fake News with me. Well, last weekend they lit the White House Christmas tree. But of course there was controversy, even though President Obama said this. Merry Christmas, everybody! The problem came from this guy. Wopan Gangnam Style! Yes, that, of course, South Korean pop singing sensation, Psy. And not only didn't he say Merry Christmas, well, we'll let ABC News explain. Long before his YouTube hit sparked a nationwide dance craze, Korean rapper Psy performed at a politically charged concert in 2004 with anti-American sentiment running high after a Korean missionary was killed in Iraq. Okay, so how bad could it be? Kill those bleeping Yankees who have been torturing Iraqi captives. Kill their daughters, mothers, daughters-in-law, and fathers. Oh. 
That is pretty bad. Yeah, the South Koreans are upset at the time about uh, their involvement in Iraq, our involvement in Iraq, and uh, also the fact that uh, I, two um, South Koreans had been killed by U.S. military personnel in a traffic accident. It, was, it wasn't anything that—it wasn't a ride or anything. It was just a traffic accident. But um, that prompted this. Kill those bleeping Yankees who've been torturing Iraqi captives. Kill their daughters, mothers, daughters-in-law. Okay, yeah, yeah, we got it. So uh, he gets a uh, worldwide number one hit, including the number one spot here in the U.S., and a sweet gig headlining the White House uh, Christmas tree lighting ceremony, and all of a sudden he's like this. I apologized, saying the song was a deeply emotional reaction and that he will forever be sorry for any pain he's caused. Adding, who knew I'd have a number one hit in your country? So could we just forget all that silliness about what is that about your country and your troops and murdering daughters and fathers and all that stuff? Because my career's not going to last much longer. So anyway, uh, folks uh, dutifully upset by that, of course, uh, saying the president should have had Cy removed from the lineup. Well, of course, he can't do that. He's not a concert promoter, okay? He's the president of the United States. He has better things to do, and it's, it's not his decision. The charitable organization that organizes the White House Christmas lighting concert uh, has the final say-so. So people said, well, then he should not have attended the White House tree lighting ceremony. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have worked. Our Muslim president not attending the Christmas lighting ceremony. Yeah, that would have worked out great over at Fox News. And I should stop saying as a Muslim too, probably, because people around the world are probably going to believe that and go, wait, is he really? No, no, he's not. That, that, that's part of the joke. All right, so what do you do now? Well, first of all, uh, the last laugh is going to be uh, not on Psy, but on the people that are upset with him. Because uh, let me give you a little blast of uh, these fellas. That was Kayuki Sakamoto, uh, Austrian rock singer Falco, and Los Del Rio. And what do those folks all have in common? Well, of course, they all had uh, chart-topping uh, foreign language hits in the United States. Uh, although Psy technically only went to number two, according to some charts, so it depends here. But they all had number one hits, all in a foreign language, all were never heard from ever again. Now, they all were very successful overseas, not only in their native countries, but uh, around the world. And Falco did manage to get to number 18 with his follow-up single, Vienna Calling, so he actually was a two-hit wonder uh, in the United States. My point is, you'll never hear from Psy again. All right, now what about the controversy? Well, I think folks are right to be upset, but... Now, you know, you can question his motives, but he did issue an apology. It is the Christmas season. We should forgive now, shouldn't we? So he, the, the boy said he was sorry. What are you going to do? You know, he let him perform. All right. And uh, even if they had yanked him from the lineup, who could they have gotten to replace him? Hmm. How, how about this guy? If Barack Obama becomes the president in November again, I will either be dead or in jail by this time next year. Well, before that happens, Ted, could could you come to the to the White House and and, and sing at the at the Christmas tree lighting? Thanks, buddy. Open Gangnam Style. Dave Wade is a talented stand-up comedian who spent the last two years in New York City making a name for himself. He'll be headed to Los Angeles come the beginning of 2013, but he stopped back in his hometown for a few weeks. That'd be Cincinnati, Ohio. And we had a chance to talk with him. And here's our interview with Dave Wade. 
right, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's our old friend Dave Waite. Dave, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Good, man. Now, you're back in uh, greater Cincinnati just for uh, a little bit, uh, I understand, and then you're going to be heading west? Yeah, I've been back since October, and I'm going to be heading out to L.A. at the turn of the year. Cool. So, um, what are you going to do out in L.A.? What's the that you that you wouldn't be able to do in New York when you were there? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think there's more opportunities, you know, in the entertainment industry. Okay. In L.A., I mean, uh, you know, that's where they film a lot of TV shows and stuff like that. So I'd be interested in you know auditioning for stuff like that. And there you go. You have- roll the dice with that, and uh, you know, go to the beach. And huh, sunshine yeah. and and not get dark at four thirty. Those are some of the other things that are uh, appealing. Yeah, that is a nice thing about Los Angeles. Um, now, you how long were you in New York? Was it like a, a little, over a year or two? Wasn't it? Yeah, I was there for uh, two years. Okay, and uh, did really well. Heard a lot of good things about you. And of course, you uh, were on the the late show with um, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that was like the best day of my life. Or late, late night with it. I was getting them all confused. Yeah, and so um, and you've been uh, touring uh, a lot from that as well too. Yeah, I mean it's definitely helped. It definitely helped. I mean uh, it kind of solidified me as a headliner. I mean some places I was kind of in between featuring yeah. and headlining, and uh, that really helped bump me up. I mean. Having two TV credits is definitely better than one. And then I did the Montreal Comedy Festival, which is probably like the biggest comedy festival in the world. Oh, that's right. So it's been a pretty good year for me career-wise. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I guess it would be the uh, the time to move to Los Angeles. I can kind of see you as the wacky neighbor type in some sitcoms. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Yeah. So. <laughs> If there's ever, I always use that the uh, that phrase, the wacky neighbor. But really, you are the epitome of the wacky neighbor. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll be as wacky as it takes to <laughs> get me on TV. There you go. Um, so you're back in Cincinnati. What have you been doing while you're in town? You know, getting ready for the big move to LA. Did anything? You know, loading up on Skyline. Uh, for those listening outside of Cincinnati, that's our our big chili treat here uh, in the area. Loading up on that in case you can't get any in Los Angeles. Yeah, I've ate, I've ate that probably like once a week since I've been back, and I, I've ate La Rosa's all the time. And, you know, the uh, pace is a little bit slower in New York, so I've been kind of what I like to call real people stuff because, you know, oh, yeah. comedians kind of get uh, insulated with their own world and comedy. So, you know, I've been to, you know, minor league hockey games, Cyclones. and Oh, there you go. Went to it. Went to a trivia night and uh, you come, hey, you gotta come to my trivia night, man. Oh uh, yeah, where's yours at? Uh, it's at uh, the Varsity Sports Bar and Grill in Anderson uh, next Tuesday at seven o'clock. Well, if I'm not busy. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it doesn't doesn't I, sound like you are right now, but uh, <laughs> my dad he goes to the one in Molly Malone's in Covington because it's the, he read online that that's the hardest one in Greater Cincinnati, so he. He went to that one on purpose. Uh, see, I heard Mount Lookout. Uh, the Mount Lookout Tavern is the hardest one. Yeah, mine's not that hard because they were they complained the first week I was there that it was too hard, and they said uh, last night when I did, they said it was that was a little bit better, but I think it was still pretty challenging. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I mean it, 
I mean, trivia night definitely draws a better crowd than most comedy nights. <laughs> uh, it does. I think it's kind of waning a little bit because uh, I was going to propose that they do a comedy night at the Varsity. You know, uh, you know, grab some of the area comics we know and maybe do a do a night there. Uh, I, I may yet do that. Um, do you are you a big trivia guy, or did you just kind of go and hang out with your dad? Uh, I went with my sister. My dad was—he was doing something else that night. Oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, my sister goes with my parents, and uh, I, I mean, I know some stuff. I mean, I'm not—I mean, I probably know trivial stuff. Is that? <laughs> well, I was wondering if you know, being good at trivia, kind of has you know, gives you kind of a. Uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a, maybe an, a unique angle on comedy because I think you know knowing some obscure things kind of gives you that you know Dennis Miller-esque approach to comedy. I mean, I think in comedy in general, it helps to know a lot of stuff. I mean, to stay relevant and just to pull for more things to talk about on stage. And uh, I think it it always helps to know more stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and since you've been back doing real people stuff, have you been able to, you know, kind of add some more bits and pieces uh, to your set and think, wow, that could be something, something maybe that wouldn't have occurred to you in New York? I'm working on it. I'm working on it, yeah. I mean, I've still been out doing comedy. I mean, I've, I've picked up a lot of work being back, but I wouldn't have gotten New York, like, uh, you know, cancellations and last-minute stuff. That, oh, okay. You know, since I'm within, like, a couple-hour drive. So I've been working a lot on the weekends and then oh, kind of cool. have... You know, Monday and Tuesdays and Sundays free, which is kind of, when I was in New York, it was pretty much every day. Right, Either yeah, I was yeah. out of town doing comedy or in town doing comedy. I mean, you pay a high price to live there, so I was pretty much out doing something all the time, but it's been nice kind of getting back and, you know, uh, relaxing and take a break between the two. Well, it's good you can still make a couple of bucks, too. Yeah, it's definitely been nice to make some money and, and not spend as much by not living in New York. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It is it is a super expensive place to live. Now, I'm curious, when you're going from New York to Los Angeles and, and from the Midwest to Los Angeles, are you're going to be still touring, probably, I would assume. Yeah. At least at first. So are you, are you going to get hooked up with like a, a maybe a different set of bookers that books you more into your, your Portlands, your Salt Lake Cities, your Phoenixes, as opposed to when you were on this side of the country when maybe you were doing more of the Philadelphia, you know, Dayton, Ohio, Indianapolis kind of things? Or how's, how does that work? Uh, well, I mean, I have a manager now, so uh, I mean, I guess oh, wow. you just try to... <laughs> it's, a, it's a good step for me. It was one of the things I wanted to get when I moved to New York. So that was, uh, and he lives in Los Angeles. So, oh, okay. I mean, it helps that I'm starting to headline places in the Midwest. So I'm making a little bit more money. So it does kind of offset traveling back. Oh yeah. You know, if I was just featuring, I wouldn't really be able to come back. It wouldn't really be economical. Yeah. Yeah. So you think you'll be, you'll open up, this will open up some new markets for you out West. Yeah. I always feel like I'm too serious in these things. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I was wondering, too, because I always hear, you know, talking on, you know, listening to other comedy podcasts and, you know, the ones that are recorded out in, in L.A., it seems like places like Portland and Phoenix and Salt Lake are pretty good comedy towns, and we never really hear about them on our side of the country because, you know, it's just not in our, you know, circle of thinking, especially for, you know, first starting out and, you know, uh, going up the through the feature route and all that, so... 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you don't really care about it. I mean, living in New York, like guys that started in New York, they don't even, they have no idea, like, of people that are in the Midwest that are really good. They, depending on where you know, you know those people. Yeah. You really have to break through to be known across the country, I think. Well, and coming from New York, maybe you know this, too, um, because uh, like, you can get a, a unique perspective on this because we, you know, we do a lot of comics and from uh, different areas around the country, but some are, some are like in New York a lot, like uh, like John Moses. I don't know if you know him. He's uh, he stays in New York a lot, but then he'll he'll shoot out to the Midwest occasionally and do a headline thing. But he seems to be you know more of a, an East Coast kind of guy. Do you find those little pockets of comedians in New York, or is everybody just run into everybody and there doesn't seem to be a set you know little clique of different comedians? Is it just one big scene? Yeah, I mean, in New York, it doesn't seem to be. I mean, I guess there's cliques depending on where, whatever sort of club you go to. There's people that hang out at each specific club, and okay. But in general, it seems like people are more comedians are more integrated because everybody's going from one place to another within the same night. You know, okay. people seem to know a lot of people. But then the thing is, I would. I mean, even up until the last week I lived there, I would still meet people that I had never met before that did comedy. And uh, it seems like in L.A. it's just from, you know, again, just kind of from following the, the comedians I follow, that there seems to be this, these certain arms of the comedy galaxy out there. Like, I mean, I'm sure you'll be hanging out with uh, Ryan Singer when you're out there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, me and Ryan are really good friends. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, I so, talked to him last night, and it, you know, I think he... He's going to be back in the Midwest as soon as I move back out there. He's doing like a, a month-long tour of the Midwest. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's mates with Mark Marin, of course, and then you got Marin is kind of in that, uh, that end of the arm of the galaxy that includes your Jimmy Pardo and Jimmy Dore and David Feldman and that kind of whole thing. And it's it's just interesting how, you know, th- that all seems to progress. It seems like L.A. is more like the uh, podcast circuit is in L.A. There's not as many podcasts in New York. I didn't really find. I mean, I was definitely looking to be on them. Anything that yeah, you could talk out loud and promote myself, I'm all about. There wasn't as many in New York. It seems like there are a lot of them are L.A. based. Do you think that's because maybe L.A. is a bit more laid back or because, like you said, New York, you're just going, you know, seven nights a week, club to club to club, where it's a lot harder to do in Southern California? Yeah, I mean, it probably comes more from that, that there isn't, you know, many clubs and all that type of stuff, maybe. Uh, I would try, I would imagine. Also, people in L.A. probably have more room. I mean, you know, I think maybe just even on a more, in New York, it's like, hey, you want to come over to my tiny apartment and record a podcast? (laughs) I feel like that's why people are out all the time in New York, is because the apartments are so small. People are like, I got to get out and do something. I would imagine that to be the case because Greg Warren was here a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about his little, and he moved from St. Louis uh, to New York and uh, talking about his little 300-room apartment and trying to build, you know, Ikea furniture in it. And I'm thinking like, yeah, if I had a tiny little apartment like that. And for years, Berbiglia would always talk about how small his apartment was. And even when he started doing well, he had a a tiny place. Yeah, it's just kind of a place to store yourself at night. You're like a piece of luggage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, then I guess, yeah, like you're saying, it forces you... To, to go out and actually experience stuff, not only perform, but probably just to go out and just soak up some, some culture and some uh, some ideas. I try to do some culture stuff every once in a while. I went to the Transit Museum in New York. That was, that's where they had all the old subway, they have all the old subway cars there. That was, that was pretty exciting. 
You know, we I don't have a joke about it. I should have wrote one. That would help. <laughs> There's always time. You know, you should go check out here, and we just went to a party there on Friday, <clears throat> the American Sign Museum. You ever heard of this? Oh, uh, yeah, that's in, like, uh, Walnut Hills, right? Uh, no, it's it, it might have used to have been in Walnut Hills. It's now over uh, on the west side. It's kind of, let me think, it's kind of off of, what's the road right before you see when you're going up 75? Hopper? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's right off of that, and uh, it's it's really cool. They got they take all these old signs. I thought they just had them all laid out, you know, like in a in a graveyard or something like that. And they they actually inside this building build a little streetscape, and has all these little signs above it, and they're just from all over the country. All these old, mostly neon signs, but it's just it's just really cool. I was very impressed. But it's just one of those little wacky things in Cincinnati that you never really hear much about, but it's kind of unique. Yeah, uh, it is pretty. I need to go. Yeah. I, you got to make an appointment or something, right? I don't think so. I think it's just open. They have a Facebook page, and you can look them up on the uh, on the internets. And uh, so close to where you live. Just right a little jaunt across the river uh, on the bridge, and you're right there. Yeah, my dad always my dad always wants me to go to museums. Oh, yeah, I love museums, man. And we, we have a lot of great ones in this town. So uh, what other things do you, like, uh, you know, go about for inspiration, or you just kind of just go about your life, and hope the inspiration hopefully follows? I just try to... I try to write it out. I just, you know, I do a lot of free writing and try to okay. access something that's. I seem to I seem to be able to write about stuff that happened a decade ago, pretty, <laughs> pretty honestly, or stuff that happened this week. But in between, I seem to have some sort of block. That's interesting. So you're either immediately inspired, or it has to ferment for like like wine for a couple of years and. Yeah, I mean, maybe I have to have some sort of distance from it that it doesn't oh, okay. have any sort of... I mean, most comedy comes from some sort of uh, painful experience or... Yeah, I'd agree with that. ...or embarrassing sort of thing. So I think, you know, maybe having the distance. Uh, otherwise, if it's something that's happened this week, it's probably something that I've observed or noticed. And thought it was pretty weird or something. Yeah, yeah, something I thought was weird. Uh, okay, so you'll be doing the um, this the uh, the Christmas show again. This is now this is is this going to be an annual tradition? This is I think at least the second year in a row you're doing it. Doing the uh, I think this is a fourth. Year. This is this is a, well. I only interviewed you guys for it uh, last year. I interviewed you and Shalafu. Now Shalafu is going to feature, correct? Yeah. How about a, that? Uh, it's a little bit different format. It's just going to be like it's going to be a regular show. I mean, right. there's going to be people maybe drop by and do some uh, guest sets and stuff like that. Well, but that's cool. Yeah, I mean, Mark's really, really come along since moving out to New York, and I mean, things are really going well for him. And, I've heard. Uh, yeah, I want to get out and get out and see the show. Yeah. Uh, who, and who's the MC? Do you know who's MCing it? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, a young kid named Chris Weir. He's a funny young guy. I've seen uh, Chris. I can't picture him, but I know the name from doing pro am. Yeah, he's got blonde hair and a beard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's a funny dude. He looks from a distance. Yeah. He looks like Ryan Singer from a distance. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Shout who's going to be a dad. That's big time. All right. Well, it sounds like a, another another rollicking comedy show uh, for Christmas week at Go Bananas. And, of course, folks uh, out west can start looking for uh, Dave Waite in early 2013. And, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be out there. And folks folks back east can uh, can be looking for Mark Shalafu. So get the whole, the whole country covered here. Yeah, you got to spread your wings or something. There Some you other go. Another cliche in, in Mexico. <laughs> Make things happen. Well, I sense things are going to go well for you out in Los Angeles. I I hope so. I would. It would suck if it didn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's 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 tough. I mean, but uh, I just have, I just have this this sense, and hopefully we'll uh, 
either we'll talk to you on your way back through if you're coming to Cincinnati again in 2013 or if maybe you make it up to Minneapolis or another market that I write for or um, maybe even Salt Lake. I do some stuff for Salt Lake City sometimes. Keep me posted yeah. and we'll get you some inkage uh, out there. I like ink. Yeah, you got, <laughs> everybody does. All right, man. Well, uh, good luck with the shows here in Cincinnati and you know, have a safe trip out to Los Angeles. Hi, PF. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for taking the time, man. Okay. All right, back. Thanks again to Dave Waite for being on the podcast. You can catch Dave Waite at Go Bananas Thursday, December 20th through Sunday, December 23rd, featuring as our old friend Mark Shalafu, and the MC is going to be Chris Ware. That's a funny comedy show right there, folks, if you're in the Cincinnati or a tri-state area, as we like to call it, around these parts. Go check that show out. And, of course, uh, come 2013, you folks out west in the United States, be looking for Dave Waite at a comedy club near you, as he'll be touring around uh, the western part of the United States, hopefully. All right, uh, other orders of business to take care of. This episode of PF Tape Recorder has been brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. Yes, Home Shirts Cleveland. Simply go to uh, www. I love when people do it that way. www.homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You can find all kinds of vintage t shirt apparel related to Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. You can also find links to the other city sites, including Cincinnati, which is the original. Uh, Indianapolis uh, is being constructed even as we speak, and more cities to come soon. Let me see. Uh, Oh, dates for me. I will be at the Varsity Sports Bar and Grill in Cincinnati, Ohio on Tuesday, December 18th at 7 o'clock for PF Trivia Live. It's a trivia show with a couple of yucks in it. Uh, So be there at 7 o'clock. You can win some prizes. It's a good time. And let me see, other orders of business to take care of here. Uh, I should tell you that the PF Tape Recorder logo is designed by Dan Coble. You can follow him at TigerDactyl on Twitter. Music for PF Tape Recorder was composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Let me see. You can email us, uh, pfwilson84 at gmail.com. That'll get you, uh, you can get your comments to me that way. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at pf66. I believe that is all of the business we have at hand for this episode, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. Yeah.